You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome back to the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are so excited that you are tuned in for another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. We want you to take this moment right now to hit that subscribe button if you have not already subscribed to our podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can be notified whenever we drop a new episode. And do not forget to leave us that rating, to leave us that review. It definitely helps put our podcast in front of more people. Eddie, today is a special day because we have a special guest with us. How are you feeling? I'm anxious, excited, looking forward to the conversation that we're about to have, but overall doing great. I think that we have for the longest, you know, been talking about how the season is changing, the summer's here. People are really excited to be able to do, you know, outdoor activities and all that other stuff. But the pesky allergy season seems to continue to want to hold on like by this time usually in the year people are kind of feeling the relief of that whole situation but at least for me personally man it is kicking my behind with these allergy situations uh so if i had to complain about one thing it'll be that (laughs) but aside from that everything is going great how is everything for you yes awesome i mean everything is going great uh you know in our last podcast we talked about our birthdays we just came out of, of celebrating our birthdays this month Um, So just feeling grateful, feeling thankful and ready to get into this conversation with our guest today. Um, She is a powerhouse, a vocal powerhouse. Um, She has just released her latest project, The Cure. And we're so excited today to have on the God Life Culture podcast, Latisse Crawford. And we are so excited to just get into this conversation, talk about her latest project, talk about her heart behind it, her message behind it. So we just want to get right into it. So Latisse Crawford, would you please say hello to our listeners? Hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> now, Latisse, one of the things that we love to do um, is always have our guests kind of introduce themselves and say who they are and, you know, how they you know like to like introduce themselves to the world. Because we may have some listeners that are not familiar with you and your body of work. So if someone was to ask you, who is Latisse Crawford? How would you reply to that? This is the question that I always seem to like fuddle. I, I get so nervous whenever someone says, who's Latisse Crawford? I'm like, ah! <laughs> Most people would probably know me from Sunday Best Season 2. I came in third runner up. Um, I'm a mom. I'm a singer, a songwriter, model, actress, and newly a life coach. So that is who Latisse Crawford is is a lot of things (laughs) a lot of things yeah and i definitely we're gonna try to touch a little bit on all that stuff because i definitely (laughs) want to speak about you know your music and the project um that is actually really great um and you know one of the funny things is because your artwork which we're going to get to for the album is really cool and interesting but your artwork is the first one that i noticed that because i use apple music um that it moves like i didn't even notice that that was a thing (laughs) that they had artwork now that would move when you go like into apple music and all of that and i was like is that a bird flying in the background <laughs> i was like that is really cool we're definitely are going to get into that conversation in a few yes yeah, so uh, just a few weeks ago actually on my birthday june 4th 
right? You yeah. released a brand new EP titled The Cure. And just the title alone, uh, to me, when I read it, when I saw it, spoke volumes, especially in the time that we are living in, right? Where we are fully aware of the pandemic, we're fully aware of everything going on in this time, right? And we, I think, are also very aware of the spiritual state that our world is in, right? And our nation is in. Mm -hmm. And to hear a title, The Cure, it just speaks volumes. So why did you choose this title for your project? You know, funny enough, it, it had nothing to do with the pandemic. I wrote, I've been writing this project for almost five years. Um, this is probably the most unintentional, intentional project I've ever worked on, <laughs> meaning, you know, these were never supposed to be a part of a project. You know, these were the things that God gave me for me to pull me through, to encourage me, to uplift me. They were bullet points. They weren't songs. You know, they were just things that I would kind of, you know, say and do and sing um, kind of to myself. And, um, you know, it just kind of worked out that it was this, but it was really, you know, me battling with trying to understand what the cure really is. You know, was it, I was watching my dad, you know, going through, uh, diabetes and, 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 and um, dialysis and kidney failure and just seeing him fight through that, you know, every day of his life and just really trying, like asking himself that question, like, what is the cure? You know, is there's no cure to this. So is my cure going to be death? Is it heaven? Is it God? Is it what? why are you not fixing it? Why are you not healing it? And so, you know, I had so many questions throughout this journey, you know, of, you know, we look for so many temporary things down here, but we really should be seeking eternal, you know, things or whatever. And so, you know, watching that and then him passing and then, you know, a few months later, my mom getting cancer and then seeing her pass, you know, my mom passed about a week before the pandemic hit, you know? So wow. it was literally me looking for something bigger, greater than this world, but still trying to find hope in the land of the living, you know, the goodness of God still here until I could get to this final, you know, thing. So it was, it was a, a lot of things, you know, going through divorce and looking, trying to, you know, find love and becoming a single mother and, you know, taking care of my parents. And it was so many things, so many things. And I do think, you know, because you have uh, not only is it the name of the of the album of the EP, but it's also the name of one of your tracks. Um, and I do I do catch on and I did understand that when you're referencing and, and you know, like the cure, it isn't only about any like physical ailments. You know, it also has to do with like mental situations, personal situations that they're going through. So when you're speaking about, you know, the 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 storm of things that you had going on, you know, during the last five years or so, um, and then speaking about the cure, you know, the, I, I just wanted to make note that it is transparent like i got it like hearing the track you know i understood you know that when we're speaking about the cure it's about any situation that you currently may find yourself in that you're not happy about or that you have a problem with you know there is a cure for that yeah you know and, and it's it's it was important for me to make sure that people really understood you know sometimes we want for life to just be this one thing you know all good you know, all blessings, all amazingness, all wonderfulness. But it's like, you know, all of my bad moments honestly led to, you know, my, my good moments. You know, I wouldn't have really been able to recognize those blessings had they just been there all the time. And so I wanted to really convey to people that, you know, it, it life is is good and bad and pain and 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 health and strength and sickness. It, it's it's all of these things that make 
a great, wonderful life, but ultimately they should all push us, you know, towards wanting God. And so I wanted this project to, to, to be for believer and non-believer, you know, to see the bridge between us that we all have symptoms. You know, we all have those things that we fall short in and those things we want to achieve, but it just doesn't work out. We all try pills. We all have some kind of resource that we go to, but I ultimately want them to see what my cure is. And for me, my cure is God. Yes, I love that. I mean, you stated, uh, you know, you said what I began to realize is that these are temporary fixes, only soothe symptoms, but never address the underlying ailment. And I think that, you know, we can be guilty of that sometimes, right? We we try to fix all the surface level issues, right? The things that um, maybe aren't super uncomfortable or the things that are easy to fix. And, you know, we just only soothe the symptoms, right? How did this project, The Cure, or even just the title, the title track of, of this project, how did that contribute to this message of not only soothing our symptoms, but also getting to the root of the issue and getting to those underlying issues that we may choose to ignore sometimes. You know, it was, it was very, um, it was metaphoric, you know, in a way, but um, I was, you know, talking a lot about the difference between, you know, seeing both of my parents, like I said, go through their different things. So my father, you know, he had diabetes and kidney failure. And when he was going for dialysis, they were not attacking the root of the problem. They were only maintaining the disease. So when he got home, you know, he can go right back to his, even though he wasn't supposed to be, but he can go right back to his fried chicken and, you know, his, his junk food and whatever else he wanted because he knew he had that appointment again. And he'd just go, you know, and they maintain it. When my mother was fighting cancer, however, when they were doing chemo, it was actually targeting the root of the sickness. And so her process was different. It was sacrifice. There were things she had to cut away. There were things she couldn't have. You know, there was a sacrifice that came along with it. And it reminded me of my walk, you know, my spiritual walk of just, I've been maintaining. So I pray. Yeah. I go to church. Yeah. You know, I thank God. Yeah. You know, I tell people about the goodness of God. Yeah. But the cure is, is more than that. It's more than just maintaining you know, this thing, you know, with him, but still, you know, sneaking out on the side and doing the other stuff that I shouldn't be doing. But like, if I just pray and I ask forgiveness, his grace will cover it all. No, it was seriously about me saying, I don't want to depend on grace in order for me to make it to heaven. Or, you know, I want to actually do good and earn what I'm supposed, you know, what God has promised me. So it took the sacrifice of, you know, walking away from some situations, cutting off some things that I knew were not Christ-like, you know, it took real amputations. It took surgery. It took chemo, you know, to really just kill the root of the problem. And I think that's a very important note to make, you know, because there are people that get by in life by just, you know, tapping into that grace, you know, just doing like enough to like make it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I pray, I came to church on Sunday, you know, that's good enough. According to them, they feel like they're checking off the boxes, you know, and that they're doing great. Uh, but in reality, you know, you know, when you as you speak and the things that you're saying, even though they sound painful, like having to have, you know, this like spiritual amputation where you're going to have to remove yourself from certain situations, from certain bad habits to do these sacrifices. You know, it is important, especially when you are seeking, you know, more from God and, you, you know, you know, you want to grow more in him. You know, you want to like dive deep you want to be more of service to the world to your church in your ministry you want growth as well you know there is a level Mm -hmm. 
level of sacrifice that we do have to do, but people shy away from because of that, because sacrifice is not easy. You know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Uh, but it is true that, you know, there is a difference between maintaining and actually seeking the cure and applying it in your life. Yeah, it's, it's, it's being willing to die, you know, and maybe not, you know, uh, literally, you know, but being willing to die to yourself and to the things you want and to your expectations of God. And, you know, my, my, my mom was, you know, uh, doing chemo, you know, at some point she just said, you know what, this, this isn't working, you know, and as long as I'm here, even if they fix this, it'll be something else. And she was willing to go, you know, and, and like I said, while I'm not saying that tomorrow I want to just, you know, die, I do, you know, value the fact that she was able to really trust you know mm -hmm. in the gain of death and trust in the promise of heaven and trust in the will of god and it be final for her where it was like you know what i'm not even going to question it anymore because i trust what i've said i trust what i've learned i trust what i've you know said to other people and she was okay with going and i said to myself you know that's that's the confidence that i want to have and, and it doesn't make any sense for me to be serving this god and doing all this stuff if i don't have that kind of confidence to lean on him you know, the way that I've leaned on some humans that have let me down, you know, so, mm -hmm. I, you know, that that's what the cure is. The cure is you being sure, you know, and you not temporarily seeking, you know, well, eternally seeking temporary and temporarily seeking eternal, but it's you and putting I, your focus, yeah, in the right place. No, and I agree with that. And I think, and, and you know, and this is me assuming, um, but I, I do... Un like, I do believe that when one receives the cure, which is Christ and God, in whatever situation they're in, it does have a ripple effect. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, using the, you know, the situation where you are sharing with us the story of your mother as well, you know, she received her cure the way that she received it, but her belief and her peace that she had with that, you know, I feel, and this is me assuming, you know, had its effect on you as well, because I think that the grieving process can be that much more difficult when it's, you know, all of a sudden or the person yeah. isn't trusting in God or the person doesn't want to, you know, that whole situation. Uh, but when you find that peace within you and you're like, you know what, I'm going to trust in God and the, the way that he is going to allow situations to unfold, I'm OK with it. You know, the people around you tend to like latch on to that as well. Or am I just like making a left? <laughs> no, you're exactly right. You know, I think that we have this misconception of what the peace of God is and the blessing, you know, of his peace is, you know, when I was younger, I thought that it was that everything was just going to be okay and perfect. And that was God's peace, but it's really not. And that's why I think sometimes we can't understand it. You know, his, his peace doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It just means that if something happens, you trust him enough to know that it's, it's still well, you know what I mean? And it's still for your good and it's okay, you know? And so I think me being able to lean on that, you know, in whatever it was that I was, you know, going through and, and just having that peace in him to say, if it's happening, I know that it's, it's for my good. It doesn't feel good, but it's for my good. And it's going to lead to something else at some point in time. And I've, I've seen it, you know, do it. Uh, my grandmother used to say this thing where she would say, you know, uh, she would take testimony and, and break it up and say, you want your monies? You got to go through a test, you know, and, and yeah. it's true. You know, everything that I've been through has created this platform for me to write these songs, you know, and life coach, you know, other people and walk them through their journey. And it has brought, you know, what my, my 
checks are. You know what I mean? It's it's now my career. And so, yeah, my tests actually did bring my money. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And one of the, the great, uh, you know, privileges that we have, and just one of the things I love about doing this and speaking to um, artists like yourself is, you know, the opportunity to get an insight, right, into the projects and to get the details that we probably don't really get when we listen to it, right? The backstories and the messages. And like Eddie mentioned, at the beginning of the episode, your cover is um, amazing. And it definitely, when you look at it, it, it makes a statement, right? And um, what was the message behind, you know, that cover? What was that creative process like? Um, you know, I know as artists, you're very intentional and, you know, there's a meaning and detail in, in all of these things. So what was the message behind that? This cover absolutely was extremely intentional. It wasn't just about making something nice. It was me going back to the book to really define who I was, you know, who I was in God, who I was as a woman, who I was as, you know, as a black woman, who I was as a human being. Um, and, you know, we hear the story of Eve all the time and how, you know, she fell short and she made Adam fall short and she is the reason why everything in the world is what it is and why it's so terrible and so bad. What that did to me growing up every time I had to hear that story was it made me feel like that, I, that God's grace and him dying on the cross didn't apply to me, that his forgiveness didn't apply to us as women because we're always reminded of our shortcomings. You know, and it's like, well, wait a minute, why, how, how come David, we remember David in the Bible for fighting Goliath, but we don't remember all the other trashy stuff he was doing. Wait a minute, how come we remember this person, you know, Moses for this, but we don't remember that he could even make it in to the, you know, the promised land because of these things. Every time you hear about a woman in the Bible, you always hear about their shortcoming first and it's magnified over their purpose. And so I wanted to take us back to that tree again, you know, and show that even though we fell there, the Bible later says that God, that Christ died on that tree, you know? Mm. Um, so I wanted it to be very symbolic to show that the tree was, yes, the place we fell, but it was also where we were redeemed. And we are all, you know, um, worthy. Uh, well, I don't know about worthy, but <laughs> God thought <laughs> that we were worthy enough for him right. to die for us and to redeem us and to forgive us. And so I just wanted to, you know, remind people that you don't have to stay where you fell. You can move on from there because God died for you. Yeah. And I love that because even, you know, with the music, right. In combination with the music and now the album artwork, um, you know, it makes that statement and it can definitely, uh, I know for those visual people out there and those creative people, you know, they look at, you know, photographs. So they look at pieces of art and it definitely speaks to them. And this cover, I think it, it allows the, the person observing it to definitely come just to that conclusion, right. Of, of needing that savior, needing that, that cure, you know, so definitely, I think coupled with the music, it it was an awesome uh, combination. I love you sure. guys because you got my whole interpretation. That's literally, you know, what it was in a nutshell was just really, you know, showing that that place in the garden was the very place we realized that we needed a cure and that we were no good on our own. We need, we still needed God, you know, even though everything seemed to be perfect, we still needed him. And so, you know, and, and then, you know, like I said, him dying on the tree, you know, and him raising again, it, it, it is the cure that we need, you know, so you guys got it. You guys interpreted it exactly <laughs> as what it was. <laughs> now, I do have a question for you that may seem a little difficult, 
um, because you know you put you you mentioned before that your music is for believers and non-believers and everyone honestly because at the end of the day the the cure is available to everyone of all ages of all races of all everything you know the cure is available to everyone um you know but I, I was thinking you know thinking in the mindset of a believer especially the believer who has been in this walk for a very long time there comes a there may come a point in their journey or in a certain process that they're going in uh, that they're dealing with at the moment where they understand that God is the cure, that Christ is the cure. They get it, you know, and, you know, they whether they're going through a physical ailment or a mental ailment or a financial situation that has been, you know, dragging them down for a while now, there may come a point where they start to lose patience. And it's not that they don't believe that God is the cure. They're just like, Lord, like, are you going to show up? Like, what's going on? <laughs> so what do you what do you say to that person who believes that God is the cure, knows that the answer is in him, but, you know, feels like, you know, it's taking a little long. Like, what, what's up with that? I think that God is the ultimate parent, you know, um, with my son. My son is 10 years old now and he thinks he's grown. And so, you know, there are times where I'm trying to lead him based on what I know is best you know, but he doesn't know that yet, you know, so he wants to try it his own way. And sometimes, you know, as his mother, I have to be willing to let him go, let him try it on his own, let him fall, let him fail, you know, and everything else. And then when he has to come back to me, I still can't say, told you so. I just have to guide him from where he is. And I think that that is how, you know, God deals with us. You know, he's a gentleman. He's not going to intrude into your life. He's a GPS system. And sometimes he has to let you make a few wrong turns, even though he's telling you, you know, to go this way. I think that it is, it is very, um, the lesson becomes more valuable sometimes when we do stray and go our own way because he's such a good parent that he's literally waiting at the end of the destination. Like they'll get here at some point, but they will have learned that the next time they'll just trust me. And so I think sometimes he does, you know, let us go and let us try our own way. And sometimes we do need that to just really realize, you know, that, he is who we should depend on. And it teaches us for the next time. There's been so many times that I've, you know, went another way or tried it on my own only to land, you know, right back where I knew God had said in the beginning, but it taught me for the next time, you know, okay, next time I'll be a little more patient because I know, you know, but we're, we're, we're his children. And so mm -hmm. we, we learn as if we are children. Great. You know, what? something that you mentioned before, too, um, was how you are a life coach. <laughs> yeah. And we on this podcast have many of episodes where we speak about, um, you know, like mental health, mental wellness, uh, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly with that, the role of the church when it comes to that as well. Um, and I'm curious to, you know, how do you, you know, being a life coach, you know, I'm pretty sure that you have to, you know, work with a lot of different people or are put to speak in a lot of different situations um, where people may be going through some stuff. So outside of music, you know, how do you serve in that capacity of like dealing or speaking on mental health and wellness? Um, I, I, I have my, you know, one-on-one -on -one clients. I also do webinars and seminars and, um, you know, I'm getting ready to, uh, do some things with the, um, LA Sparks for their women's, uh, program that they have, a women's initiative that they have, um, for some of their, um, women leaders and women entrepreneurs. Um, I, I feel like, you know, while I don't necessarily force God, you know, on people because some of my clients are not 
you know, spiritual people. Um, and some of the things they're going through are just very natural, you know, um, mm-hmm. things. But I, I, I always tell them, you know, feel it in case you need to heal it. We live in a world who, you know, that's always telling us to just get through and get over, you know, and um, I, that's not really my um, outlook on it. Yeah, you know, my outlook is no, sometimes you got to stop, you know, and feel it because you don't know what you need to heal unless you actually feel it, you know, so I do walk them through a lot of their, you know, feelings and I, I take them back, you know, to figure out what the root of some of those things are um, and just, you know, help them to understand that everybody has reasons, you know, it might've hurt, you know, that somebody did these things, but when you do what you do, you have reasons for why you do it. So sometimes just stopping and taking a minute doesn't mean you have to accept the behavior, you know, it doesn't mean you have to excuse them for the behavior, but we should all understand that everybody has a reason for why they do what they do, even when it hurts us. Yes, I love that. And I love how, um, you know, this conversation of mental health and and just that wholeness that you're speaking of um, can be coupled with your music and with this project, The Cure. Um, and I just love that, you know, God uses you know, all areas of who we are and all of our facets, right, with with that same purpose. So it's like, you know, we're passionate about, you know, mental health, we're passionate about, you know, uh, checking in with ourselves and making sure everyone is in a right mental state. But we can do that, you know, like you said, through these webinars, we could also do that through music, we could do that through poetry, right? There's so many different mm-hmm. avenues that we can, uh, you know, embark on in order to really fulfill this purpose. And on your project, The Cure, uh, you recently released a video to one of the songs titled Your Fault. And you had posted on your Instagram um, a little bit about that song. And you were saying that this song is thanking your enemies for everything they meant for your bad, right? Because it was it basically sent you running to God and he turned it around for your good. You released a video to that song as well. The video is very upbeat, energetic, and looked like you were having fun. Can you tell us a little bit about the song, Your Fault? Yeah, you know, when I was writing the song, you know, like I said, it was kind of like a, I don't want to keep giving the enemy power. You know, I've been saying this a lot on all my interviews, you know, we, we, we've, think that the enemy creates situations, but he's not a creator. You know, we can go back to the word and see that he, he couldn't create, you know, the hell that he was in. He couldn't, you know, when he took a third of the stars, he took something that God had already created. He's not a creator. So that means that he takes what we create, you know, and what we think, um, and he multiplies it or magnifies it, you know? And so I just got tired of giving him credit because he's not mad. It's not like when I'm like, it's your fault double. He's like, Oh man, I feel so bad about that. He's like, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's his job. You know? So I wanted to do it in a way where it was like, I'm not going to give you credit in a negative sense, you know, to be sulking and sobbing. Like I'm going to give you credit and I'm going to say, thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done, but not just for him, but for anybody or anything in my life that was trying to be a stumbling block, you know, for me. Thank you because you just basically redirected me back to where I should be going anyway, you know? Um, And I, you know, I'm thankful for that. You know, I think that we should thank the enemy more, you know, for him trying to mess up things, because most of the time, like I said, it directs us right back to who we're supposed to be going to in the first place. 
Yeah, and every time I, I think of that, right, like what the enemy meant for evil, God turns it around for good. I think of, you know, Joseph in the Bible when he was confronted with that situation. And, you know, in that moment, seeing his brothers there, right, he had that decision where he could, you know, basically just ignore them, right? Or he could kind of just uh, take out his anger on them. But instead, he recognizes that, you know, in the end, in the moment that he was in, in that moment, right, through all the betrayal, through all the hardships, it led him to that moment it led him you know to be ruler it led him to be blessed and i think it's important you know even as you know we're talking about this our listeners those who are you know listening to this podcast to just remember that you know all of those hardships and all of those things you know that the enemy sometimes throws in our path you know the betrayals that we go through in life the heartbreak the you know the pain that we experience it definitely has brought you to this point right and yeah. you know i know your goal and your prayer is that you know they would encounter that cure right that they would reach that cure and experience yeah. that and it's no uh surprise it's no shock that the last, you know, year, year and a half has been a struggle. You know, we have uh, been through a pandemic, still going through it. There has been racial unrest, political unrest. We have seen, um, you know, transitions in power. You know, we have a new president. All of these things that, you know, it seems like uh, is just happening around us. You know, uh, natural disasters occurring. You know, we have yeah. shootings occurring. You know, all of these different things in our world. And I know that um, in all of that, there is power in music and there is power in art and there is power when, you know, we put our creativity forward into the world. There is power in that. But I also believe that there is a different power, right? And a more anointed power and a more substantial power in gospel music, right? And I want to ask you specifically, what what part do you see gospel music playing in all of the unrest, in all of the, you know, um, you know, uh, just hardship that our world is experiencing right now? What role is gospel music playing in this? I think gospel music continues to give us, you know, something to hope for, you know, that this is not our end. This is not our final you know, space or destination, um, that there is a promise, you know, at the end of this, that for all of this tribulation, you know, that there is going to be someplace else that we can go. And so, you know, I think it keeps people hopeful and keeps them lifted and keeps them, you know, willing to work, you know, towards this better, you know, this better ending, um, you know, whether, it, you know, is here, you know, their ending, you know, life ending meaning, you know, or, the heaven bound ending. Um, you know, I, I love gospel music and I love that now it's becoming, you know, so diverse, even in, you know, my own music, I used to always be asked, well, your music doesn't sound like gospel. And I'm like, well, you know, gospel, you know, meaning in the musical sense, the genre, it was created by a human. You know, our Bible didn't say it had to sound a specific way or anything else. I'm more concerned about saying the gospel than I am about making it sound like our gospel, you know, so um, I think that as long as we continue, you know, to spread that message, you know, of the gospel and make it less about the sound of it, you know, meaning uh, musically, but we make it, you know, lyrically about the gospel, you know, meaning the word and what's in there and, and the things that God is speaking to us and the voice that he's speaking it to us in, um, I think it'll continue to do, you know, what it's always done. Like I said, that's to uplift and, and, and unify and um, bring together and convict and, you know, get us closer to what that cure is. Amen. So now what do you want that individual who is listening to your music, the cure on their way to school, 
on their way to the gym, on their way to church, maybe late at night, right? Um, you know, in, in the time with the Lord or maybe early in the morning, what do you want the listener to take away from this project? What is, what is the goal? You know, I want, I really want for people to, um, I think this pandemic, you know, really helped us out with that, that it's not about our buildings, you know, like our buildings are great, you know, for us to go to and worship together and gather. It's not about our pastors, you know, it's not about the church hurt, you know, you're not going to quit every job that hurts you, you know, you stay there because you get your check and there's a reward. And so, you know, I want for people to really work on their relationship with God and to really see, you know, most of this music on this, on this project is relational, you know, and to really see that it takes a real relationship with God outside of the building, you know, at those moments when you're stuck in your house, when the world is going crazy, it takes a real relationship with him to stay centered in him. And that's, you know, really what I want is for people to be centered in him and to be with him and be faithful with him, treat him like you would treat, you know, your man or your girl, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and that good relationship, um, you know, because sometimes we treat those things better, you know, than, than we do than we do him. But to stop really idolizing, you know, all these other things and to really realize that God is the one that we should be going to. Amen. And I think that a lot of people, you know, got a rude awakening <laughs> during yeah. the pandemic. A lot of churches got a rude awakening, um, especially when they only relied on the four walls of their local church or whatever. Um, you know, but I do pray and I, and, you know, and I have seen evidence of that as well where, you know, there are people that got the realization, but also stepped up to the plate and understood, you know, to really establish a relationship with God and to really be of service outside of the four walls of the church and to really, you know, understand like, man, like we, like we were saying before, you know, it's not about just getting by. It's really about putting in a true authentic effort into your relationship with God the same way that you would want in a, you know, a, a real, you know, physical relationship, you know, where you would want someone to put the effort in, where you would want someone to, you know, go out of their way for you. Um, the same thing we have to do with our relationship with God. And I think as, you know, uh, people, you know, like yourself who are gospel artists, who are, you know, worshipers, who are, you know, constantly just, you know, on the go creating and doing all of these things. It's easy for the listeners to see just the final product, right? And they see, um, you know, they see the final photo, they see the final cover, they see you getting on stages, right? And, and performing and being on radio and all these different things, but they don't really see the behind the scenes, right? They don't see the struggle. They don't mm -hmm. see the, the the hardships, right, that one faces when you have this calling or this ministry or even this career, right? Can you share a little bit about, you know, I know you spoke about your mother and, and your grandfather, your grandmother and, and your dad as well, right? But can you speak a little bit about some of those hardships or struggles that we don't get to see, right? Was there a moment maybe, um, you know, of insecurity or moments of doubting if this is something that you should do? Can you give us a little um, insight into that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, to be honest with you, you know, when you talk about that doubt, you know, moment, I had that, you know, several times, um, even throughout the writing of this project. Like I said, this was never supposed to be a, a project. You know, these songs were being there, be, being written and they were there. And um, then a label called, you know, but I had already told my team that I was 
you know, kind of done with music and I was going to shift and, you know, go another route and go another way. And, um, you know, then this opportunity came and, you know, we, we battled with putting this project out, you know, you know, some of the label not being sure if the music would reach people, if it was, you know, too far away from, you know, what if it was too different, if it was, um, if it was enough music, you know, we battled with, should we, you know, put, more music to it should we add some more churchier tracks you know we went back and forth for a long time and I got really discouraged just like you know almost feeling like is it that they don't believe in me you know or is it that you know they just want to stick to a certain model you know and there's no you know stab against you know my label because I'm there you know and they've helped me push this project out but just to say that this is some of the behind the scenes conversations that sometimes happens when you're putting out a project you know or when you're doing anything you have a whole team of people you know, that if you don't get paid, they don't get paid, you know, but they're still trying to work. You, you, you know, you're fighting and you're trying to figure things out, you know. Um, and then, like I said, the decisions, you have a group of people like artists don't just get to just record music if you're not independent and just say, oh, that's what I want to put out. There's a whole team of people that have to kind of approve it, you know, and make sure that it goes out and that it goes out the right way. And so to keep having to push this project back, whether it was because of the pandemic or grief or, you know, label you know, having questions and trying to figure things out or trying to figure out what was the best way to roll out. Um, that's discouraging, you know, because as long as it's not out, you're not making money. Gigs slow down, you know. This pandemic, you know, really shut down, you know, gigs and different things like that. Thankfully enough, I had other streams, you know, but if I didn't, you know, it took a big chunk, you know, out of me being able to support my son. Um, you know, so it was it was learning a new normal in the middle of a new normal that wasn't very normal, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, like I said, it, it just, you know, it, it was a lot, you know, but I, I don't complain because I know everybody, you know, is affected in some kind of way, no matter what job, you know, you're working right. on or what you're doing. Um, I think that, you know, you just have to really dig in and understand what your purpose is. But I'm not one of those people that tell people like, you know, just keep trying. It's like, you know, I think you have to be wise enough to understand when it's time for you to walk away. If something is meant for you to do it, the opportunity, you know, will present itself, um, you know, but I think we have to be wise to know when you may need to get in a different vehicle, you know, to get to the destination. This vehicle may have broke down. It doesn't mean the destination changes. You just need a different way to get there, a different you know, right, transportation right. route. Yeah. And I love what you said earlier. You said how this wasn't really, you know, uh, intended to become a project, but you were writing and you had these songs and then a label called, right? And I think that so often we sit and wait for opportunities to come our way, right? Yeah. We sit and wait for doors to open. We sit and wait for things to fall in our lap. And a lot of times, you know, we need to put in that work first, right? We yeah. need to, you know, like the word says, study to show yourself approved. We have to do something, right? And um, I think oftentimes people, you know, they see, you know, uh, individuals like yourself and they see people who, you know, have platforms and have music and stages and they're on stages and, and they want that and they're waiting for that opportunity, yet they have no songs, they haven't invested in their craft, they haven't done those things, you know, and I think that that's very important, the idea of investing in your craft. Um, and, you know, I know that it is evident, it is obvious that you have done that, right? And I think that your project, The Cure, is, you know, evidence of that and is fruit of that labor and that time in your life. Uh, Latisse, what else can we expect from you um, in music and even beyond music? 
I'm hoping to be, you know, back on the road soon. The world is opening back up slowly. So, you know, things are already starting to come in. You know, I've gotten a lot of calls and a lot of different things. People are loving the project. So, you know, I'm expecting for that to go really well. Um, you know, a few people have asked, are you working? On, are you going to be working on a new project? I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down. We just put this one out. <laughs> you know, we got to work this one for a while. Um, you know, so, you know, we'll be releasing more visuals. And like I said, just performing the project wherever, you know, we can and whoever calls. Um, and, you know, outside of music stuff, you know, I'm always working on, you know, something. I'm, I'm currently working on a, a whole life book, which is, you know, from my life coaching company. Um, I'm still doing my one-on-one life coaching and my webinar. I'm getting ready to put a course out soon. Um, you know, so just, you know, keep in touch. But, you know, if you go on my pages, you got to look for Latice Crawford. Latrice is cool, but she ain't me. I'm Latice. <laughs> T-I-C-E. There's no R. <laughs> so can you just, just share with everyone, because I'm not sure if it's the same across all platforms, um, like if they want to find you on your social medias, your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, your website, all that good stuff. Um, can you just share what your handle would be? It is Latisse Crawford. If you guys look at my website, it's latissecrawfordonline.com. Um, the only thing that would be different would be my life coaching and it's um, whole life, whole life coaching LC at gmail.com. Awesome, Latisse. We just want to say thank you uh, again for being on the God Life Culture podcast. We um, know that your project, The Cure, will be a cure for many people will point them to the cure, right? And will definitely be a blessing in their life. Is there any last words um, that you want to share? We will give you the floor now to just share whatever you would like in closing. Just guys, go get the cure. Whatever you do, go get the cure right now. It's available. Go on my page and you can purchase it today. And I hope that it blesses you. Awesome. So once again, we just want to thank Latisse Crawford for being a guest on the God Life Culture podcast. And we want to encourage each and every one of you listening right now to go and follow her on her social media. Check her out on all uh, you know, music streaming platforms. Check out The Cure, right? And um, definitely go on her YouTube. Check out her videos. She has a video dropping uh, for The Cure as well. So go and just submerge yourself in the music and be blessed. And also be sure to follow us on all social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at God Life Culture Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can be notified every week whenever we drop that new episode i want to thank you guys for tuning into the latest episode and a special special thank you to latiz uh for being our special guest in today's episode as always we always encourage you guys our listener to support our guests so let's support our christian artists um so make sure that you follow her on any social media platform that you're on at latiz crawford that's l-a-t-i-c-e-c-r-a-w-f-o-r-d go to her website latizcrawford.com that way if you want to invite her if you want to download her music go ahead and do all of that and let's support 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 so thank you once again for tuning into the latest episode of the god life culture podcast that's god God life Life culture Culture. until next time see ya bye